Hi, I'm Sammy. I'm Beth. And we are missionary teachers in Malawi for only six more months. So we are making this podcast to process everything that we need to process before we go back home home. Today's episode is titled, Why Are You Leaving? Which is, I think, a big question that a lot of our supporters and friends back home and even here have for us is, why, why are we going home? What, what is, what, in, what? Why aren't we staying for the rest of our lives? I'm trying to say, what, what, what is the processing behind that decision of, yeah, we feel like it's time to go home. So that's what we're going to be discussing today. All right. Do you can want I, to start? Yeah, can I start? Yeah, I'm actually very excited also to share. Okay, me too. <laughs> so, um, as I was kind of processing this question, I like the first thing that came to my mind was that something that I have told my students, especially, and acquaintances mostly in Malawi, um, when they say, like, oh, are you leaving? Why are you leaving? Oh, you have to stay forever. Like, there's immediately this sort of guilt that is attached with that. Like, oh, I just wish... I, I love these people that I've met. I absolutely love my students. And I feel bad when they say, Miss Case, why can't you stay until I'm in fifth grade and teach me? And something that I try and tell them, I guess the way that I try and avoid the, the guilt and the sadness in the moment is to just say, oh, it's just, it's time to go. So that's a phrase that I've been throwing around a lot is it's just time to go. Um, but there's so much that is behind that phrase that's, still unprocessed and still being weighed in my mind. Hmm. So your initial response is, it's time to go. It's very similar to mine. Okay. What's yours? Mine is, I don't want to stay. Okay. Well, I have that. That's definitely a part of mine, too. Yeah. And it actually took me a while to come to that point because uh, as we were writing notes for this, I wrote all this other stuff first. Okay. And then I was like, Really, it's just because I don't want to stay anymore. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but we can go into the process behind it. So what makes it time to go? Um, I think that when I look at how I think God is looking at this, it's interesting because I haven't had... I guess this is the longest job that I've had, and that is being a missionary teacher. So I tend to look at it a lot more through a lens of God, whereas when I was a substitute teacher or when I was in college or when I was making other decisions that kind of, I guess, socially didn't have anything to do with God, you know? You know what I mean by that? Yeah. Like, being a missionary is like, oh, God's my boss. But being a substitute teacher, the principal is my boss. So... In this kind of thinking, I, uh, when I say it's time to go, I wonder what God thinks of that. And that's kind of the question that always comes after why am I leaving, why am I going is, well, what exactly does God's call mean to me? Because it's, it's, it's there's a lot of weight behind that as well, is what is God's call and is God calling me to go? Did God call me to come here? That's what I was just going to ask. Did God call you to come here? Well, I think that when I was deciding whether or not to come, honestly, sometimes when I think about that, it feels more like it was my decision than it was God's decision. 
like, I don't know. I definitely, I consulted with God and I said, could I go? Should I go? Um, but I think that I wanted to go more than I actually heard God saying go. Interesting. But do you feel like you shouldn't have come? I don't feel that at all. I've never felt that I shouldn't come. I think that in leading up to it, I thought maybe I shouldn't come because fundraising is hard and because moving moving across the sea is really difficult. So in the preparation, there were definitely a lot more times where I felt that I shouldn't go. But ever since I've been here, I've never felt that I should not be here. And that doesn't equate God called you to come here? Well, I don't know. I think that something that I think of a lot is, have I ever heard God's actual clear voice like he talks to people in the Bible? And I'm not sure that I ever have, honestly, which is why it feels more like, more like it was my decision to come than God saying, hey, Sammy, you should go. Because I never heard God say something so casual like that, right? Um, and I think that as I was becoming more more of a Christian, is that the right way to put that? More mature. More mature in my faith. Um, like I... F- I became a Christian my adult decision was in college when I was a senior in college and when you're in college you go to a lot of conferences and at those conferences there's like every other person in front of you behind you and your right and left is like crying during certain worship sessions and that never happened to me and I always thought that that was God talking to people but I don't think it's necessarily audible I think it can be a feeling I think it can be Um, a vision or just a clarity of mind. It doesn't necessarily have to be God saying to you in his voice, it's time to go or it's time to come. Did you ask God if it was your calling to be a substitute teacher beforehand? I did not. I just did it out of desperation. Or anything. So, okay. Interesting. Yeah. (laughs) I think when something is labeled missionary, it has like a whole nother level of I'm called or I'm not called. But yeah, if you don't call it being a missionary, if I just said, I'm going to go teach at a school in Malawi, no one would be like, is God calling you there? Yeah. Oh, you should stay longer because that's a ministry. I don't know. And to me, my calling is beyond where I am or what job I have. I think my calling is to love God and to love people, and that's everybody's calling. And then I think there's things that we are, that God pushes us towards. I think God pushed me towards here, and I do not feel any obligation to stay and I think that he would make it clear to me Mm -hmm. if for some reason I needed to stay but I don't see any reason Mm -hmm. I see a lot more reasons not to stay yeah so what does God's call mean to you to me it's honestly I'm not a huge fan of that phrase because I think Satan uses it to muddle our minds and also to delay us from doing things that would be good mm-hmm. because we don't feel called or we're just too busy like trying to figure out where we feel called to do anything at all. So I'm not a big fan of that, but I do personally feel 
or I actually know that I'm called to love God and love people because that's what the Bible says. And I think anytime we're like muddled, we should just go to what the Bible says. Mm -hmm. And then I also think God has called me to creative ventures because he has built me in a way that I can't help it. I have to be creating. Otherwise I will go mad. So I definitely feel that too. Yeah. Yeah. With like, with writing, I definitely feel that that's what's next. Uh, and something that I think, I can't remember if it's church or another podcast or something, but God gives us gifts and he wants us to use them. So yeah. if we have these other gifts that lie outside these walls and we need to leave in order to have them have a greater impact, I think that that's another part of God's call that yeah. you don't love the phrase of. Well, also what I'm learning is um, God's calling me in this season to know him better. I think that's always true, yeah. calling us to know oh, him better. Maybe he's texting you. Yeah, maybe he is. God's texting text. me to know him better. God's text message. Thank you. Or, or you know, he's probably Instagram messaging you these things. Yeah, I do Instagram a lot. Have you ever gotten a, a video call from God? Well, I feel like in this season <laughs> I could equate it to a video call because it's so clear to me okay. that um, that he wants me to know him better because one of the reasons I wanted to be a missionary was so that he would love me more. Mm. And now he's teaching me that his love for me doesn't ch- change levels based on my job mm, snap, or my snap. country. So I feel as though getting to know God better in that way is more important than being in this country. (laughs) And it's actually so much harder for me to understand God's love for me when I have have a regular, quote-unquote, regular job Mm -hmm. that's not like missionary, ministry. So I want to be able to understand that God's love for me is equal amount when I'm pursuing a different career that on the outside doesn't seem so sacrificial or impressive to Christians. So that's going to be, I think, the next step in my relationship with God. Yeah. So what other reasons do you have for not continuing your contract. Well, we, we finished Well, I did want to talk about We're that. We're not extending your contract. Yeah. I think when I signed a two-year contract, I think that that was a big part of this decision of will I stay or will I go. Coming into this two years ago, I don't think that I ever believed I would stay beyond the two years, but I thought maybe. I know that absolutely in my first six months teaching it was really hard but I had so much fun that I was legit considering yeah maybe I will sign up for another year maybe I will um but at the start of this year it just felt really different and it felt like it was time to go it felt like we were halfway done and this was our year to just finish things yeah and I I think that yeah I had, I had a thought about the two-year contract. I can't remember it anymore, and I also didn't write it down. 
what did I say? Um, I don't know. I guess with the two-year contract, it was almost like testing the waters is what it felt like. Like, if I really did enjoy it, then I would extend it. But if not, then at least I tried it. Yeah. So why don't you really enjoy it? Well... Enough to stay? There's parts of it that I really do like. Um, and there's a lot that I've learned. I know that I've grown really, really quickly. Because, I mean, it hasn't been two years. It's been a year and a half. And I know that there's huge things that I've grown in. I've grown in, like, my own anger management and dealing with a difficult um, admin system, I guess, and difficult coworkers and difficult children and just having to deal with that in a in a not sophisticated I'm definitely not sophisticated but having to deal with it in a mature way something that you have said to me is that you've seen me mature in the past year and a half um which I think is funny but also really true I think that I have matured and I have grown up a lot being here because there's a lot that I can't depend on like my parents to do you know so I think that it's just forced us to grow up and those changes have stuck because we're stuck here but I I don't know I think that there's still plenty that I could learn if I did stay but just like a regular job you can you can stay there and then end up being stagnant or you can take those lessons and apply them to your next place which I do think you're supposed to do in your 20s I think that that is how you're supposed to do regular jobs, you know? I think that's something my dad has told me is you shouldn't be at a company for more than two years because you should always be growing and progressing and uh, challenging yourself. So it would be easy to stay even. I think that that's another reason why both you and I have said we want to leave is because it would honestly, in a lot of ways, be the easiest thing to do. Um, It would be easiest to stay, but we don't want that. Yeah. Yeah, it's actually hard really hard to talk about because I feel like it always turns into a justification of our decision and we don't want to stay so it's going to be like full our explanation is going to be full of like well it makes sense to leave because of these reasons it'll be good for us blah 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 but I don't want to stay and I think people should be okay with that and not make me justify my reasoning Mm-hmm. But I do it to myself anyway, so it's not like other people are forcing me to justify. But yeah, I mean, it helps me when I hear other people talk about why they don't want to stay. Because before I was here and I would think about being a missionary and I would hear about missionaries leaving for like what I thought were dumb reasons, like they didn't get along with their team mm. or... I don't know, like they couldn't handle the weather. I used to think, well, come on, suck it up. This is the Lord's work. But now that I'm here, I'm like, it is freaking hot. Yeah. It is so hot. And my leadership, the leadership here sucks. Yeah. So I'm like, I understand now you have to have a solid team. If you're going to be a long-term missionary, you need to have a really good support system and a good team where you're going because it's not easy. And I thought you know, oh, God will equip me, and he does. Yeah. But it's not like, um, it's not what I thought. And I think that makes sense because I was fresh out of college. Yeah. Yeah, it's not like, just go, and if you stay, you will fix things. It's really not how it goes. 
So, yeah, um, I don't want to stay because it's not sustainable for me to live here. I'm not thriving in teaching. I don't want to work in a school anymore. The school environment is suffocating to me. Uh, and I also do not thrive being around kids all day long. That's also suffocating to me. So I need to be in a different career area in order to be my best self. And I've seen the ways that I've grown are super good for me in my independence and knowing who I am individually without identifying with my friends. But I've also lost some things, uh, which is another conversation for another time. Mm. But yeah, and I think it's part of not being in an environment where I can thrive and be supported. It's just... Um, it's exhausting <laughs> to yeah. be here, and I can't, I can't continue at this pace. The level, the pace at which they work us, and the, also the energy it takes to integrate into this culture is too much yeah. to continue. So, Well, I have a question. Yes. What is your emotional timeline that you had of, like, over the last year and a half, did you have one or more points where you were like, I could do it or I'm ready to go? Yeah, I had points. Um, Last year, the beginning of the first year here, I was just like in survival mode, like I'm going to get this job done. This is super hard. I'm meeting a lot of new people. Everything is new. So it was exciting, even though it was so hard. But I was like, I'm just going to get this job done. I'm going to be the best I can be. And how exciting that I have another year to improve myself. And then at the end of last year, I was like, that whole year was so hard. Why am I coming back? But I came back because of the two-year contract, mostly. And then at the beginning of this year, things were so much smoother teaching-wise. I was like, I know what I'm doing, not struggling. I could stay longer. Like These kids are pretty cute. Mm. But then... Later on, as it just continued that way, I was like, oh my gosh, (laughs) I do not want to be teaching anymore because I had an opportunity to paint huge backdrops uh, for a Christmas pageant, which is another story, but I would spend my in-between class time painting, and I enjoyed that so much more, and I was really really happy when I was painting and then when the kids would come in I was like so grumpy because they interrupted my painting time but that's my job that Mm -hmm. shouldn't be what's like the interruption so yeah that was more of a revelation and also discovering um, through my growth group what I was feeling about God and how I thought that he wouldn't love me if I wasn't a missionary I don't really know how I came to but yeah I discovered that and then that opened my eyes to like is that why I'm here Mm. is that why I'm not an artist because I had all these insecurities about God's love for me and my capabilities but being a teacher has grown my confidence in my skills as an artist because I have to teach it yeah (laughs) and also in God's love for me through those other revelations so Yeah, every once in a while, I have a really good class, and I'm like, yeah, I could totally do this longer, but it never lasts super long, Mm -hmm. and I 
do think I could teach uh, somewhere else, maybe not in a school setting, but like an art studio, I think I could do that for a longer amount of time. But everything that a school takes is, it just, it drains me and it drains me creatively. Yeah. And that oh, is yeah, just too so sad true. for me. Yeah. Last year, I didn't really make anything that I was proud of because I was so busy lesson planning and doing all this extra paperwork that was unnecessary. Yeah. So I just need to create and a balanced life. This is not balanced. <laughs> no. Okay, here's another thing. I remember when I was signing the contract in, I don't know, the end of 2017, something that the contract lady, I don't know what to call her, she, director? Yeah, I don't know. But she, as we were emailing back and forth and she saw that I wanted a two-year commitment, one of the things that she wrote that has stuck with me until this year because this is the year that it came true was just one sentence of, I'm so glad you're staying for two years. Year two is so much easier. Year two is when you feel comfortable. And that is true. I yeah, think. I'm glad I stayed too. Me too. I am. I'm glad... I think that on the flip side of, yeah, we want to go. But I'm glad that I stayed for two years. I'm glad that I didn't just stay for one. I'm glad I'm glad that I got to be here to enjoy um, having done a whole year of lesson plans and having those plans ready for me to use now and enjoy knowing things. Because it is hard. There's, there is a full year of adjustment. And then yes. the next year you kind of get to enjoy the fruits of that labor and that struggle. Um, so that is a good thing, I guess, that we're experiencing now is like, we pretty much most of the time know how to get to the grocery store. Yeah. Yeah. And we know all the students' names that we need to know. Yeah. And I, it also, like if we had only stayed one year or if we had one year contract, it would have been so much harder to decide if we should stay or go because we hardly knew anything and all we had experienced was survival mode. Yeah. So getting past that and seeing what it's actually like to be a teacher mm-hmm. and not just a survival mode teacher is yeah. like, oh, this is what it would be like to teach longer. Yeah. I don't want that. That's good to know. Yeah. I would have pursued it more if I hadn't known. And maybe, and I wouldn't have known how much joy I get out of just painting and making things. So, mm. And I would have kept looking for God to love me more because I wouldn't have gotten this part yet because I was too emotionally spent from yeah. just surviving here to to deal with those other issues. Yeah, and so I I'm do. So glad. I think that for longer term missionaries, the first year for everybody is hard. I don't think it's just because we were teachers. I think it's because that's just the way it is when you move to a new country. Yeah. And even for most missionaries, their first year is is uh, centered around learning the culture and the mm-hmm. language, which we didn't even have a chance to do. Yeah. So that's just something else. <laughs> yeah. That first year, man, it was not easy. And there were points where personally I thought that I was going to leave, but they were not nearly as long. I didn't spend nearly as long thinking about leaving as I did about well, I'm coming back next year. Yeah. I think we always knew we would come back unless we got fired or something. Yeah. Just because commitment's a commitment, and I signed the contract. Yeah. 
and nothing was like so bad that I couldn't carry on. Yeah. It's just not sustainable. <laughs> no, it's not. Yep. Let's see if I have any other notes. I have a question. Yes. When you went home over the summer, were there stronger points then of wanting to... Hmm, okay, no. Let me try and rephrase that. When you went home this summer, what did you consider home? Just kind of going back to our oh, overarching theme. What was home when you went back home this summer? Because we both went home for about six, five, six weeks in June and July. Um, and I know that I had a lot of struggles transitioning because it was a really quick thing. But what did you consider home just to kind of... I'll be asking you that. Yes, okay. But just to kind of go over that, you know, our overarching theme is what is home. So when we were home-home, was that home-home? Good question. When I was home-home this summer, past summer, Malawi felt like my home. And Home-home? Well, I did feel like I was home-home because I felt like I belonged uh, in a different way. But I didn't feel like I was home because I didn't have a life. Like, Mm -hmm. I mean, it felt like a vacation, like a vacation at home home (laughs) because I didn't have my own house. I didn't like have my own groceries. Mm -hmm. Uh, I had just, I just stayed at a lot of different places. Uh, I was mostly like shopping, (laughs) which is not what you do (laughs) in your normal life. So I guess I just felt like kind of like a visitor in my home home, which is a little different. Than being home, home and living there, so I still felt like the the belonging I felt like with my friends and at the beach, um, and just being in California. But I was also like, this is not my life. I don't really know how to function because yeah. I'm not in charge of anything. Nothing here is mine. I don't know what to do. What was the longest amount of time you stayed in a place? Uh, two weeks, I think. Yeah, and that was at Maybe your parents? Maybe even a week, because it was split up. Yeah. Yeah, I think the longest time I stayed at one place it, in a row is a week. So that's still... Yeah, so then I had, like, a bunch of homes yeah. while I was home-home. Yeah, because absolutely people are homes. Yeah, for sure. And I had a completely different... I just had like a quite a range of emotions when I was home home because I first got back and I was so overwhelmed. I was like, I need to go back to Malawi. Everything is simple there. Mm. I know what I'm doing there. Do you and think I have okay. my own room? Do you think that it felt like it was simple or are you the kind of person who thrives better on routine and you lost that? I don't think I thrive on routine. I was just like there's so many fewer choices and like seeing my friends all I have to do is walk across the street or walk to the next room in the house. Yeah. I have so many friends. I was like, I have so many friends here and they're all different places and everyone wants to see me. Here as in America. Yeah, in America. So that was overwhelming because there's just so much to do and see in the short amount of time. So I was like, I just need to be alone for a minute, but I couldn't. Mm-hmm. So that made me want to go back home to Malawi where it's quieter. Um, but then by the end, I was like, I do not want to go back to Malawi. <laughs> I love my friends. Mm. I'm having so much fun here. 
everything's so easy. Oh my gosh. You can just... When did you start to feel that? Uh, it was at the very end, uh, probably like the last couple weeks. Okay. When I got used to the pace. I think what I know about that is that I think after three weeks doing anything, a habit is formed and you get familiar. So three weeks is kind of the key. And we were there for five or six weeks. Yeah. So I think at the, after the midpoint, it sounds like you got used to it. Yeah, I did. And also it was just kind of like a, you know, like a honeymoon phase where you're like the center of everyone's attention, which you don't yeah. like, but I do. <laughs> so everyone was like, you know, wanting to hang out with me, which was overwhelming at first. And then yeah. by the end I was like, I feel special hey, here. Hey, to me. <laughs> and everyone loves me. <laughs> and everyone understands me in my past. And uh, I just want to stay and draw with my friends. There are burritos here. Yes, and they're huge. Oh, my goodness. Target. Yeah, I spent way You can just drink the water. Seriously, you don't need a net. <laughs> Everything is so easy. Yeah. Swipe my credit card. <laughs> yeah. I don't care. Take my money. Yeah. So by then I was like... This is sweet living. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and going back to school sounded really tough. How much... But I didn't get to ask it back. Okay. But I have one last question. Okay. How much processing did you get to do when you were at home? Oh, so little. Yeah. <laughs> Which is why we needed another year. Yeah. Back home, I was like... Mm-mm. I agree. Maybe like a total of an hour over the whole six weeks. Over the weeks. whole six weeks? <laughs> yeah, I was never alone. Never alone. And then never if I alone. was alone, I was sleeping. Yeah. Yeah. And it was hard to process with all that stuff going on. Yeah. And it's so it's been really nice to have a relatively calmer year and be able to process a lot. Yeah. This I'm, year. Here. Here. Here, yeah. And with less people here, around. Here, here. a lot of people year. left. Yeah. Which was sad, but give us more space. Ha! <laughs> ha! Okay, so when you went home, home, what was home? Home for me as soon as, I guess as soon as we saw Rachel leave, I was like, I was derailed. That Rachel fast. was our roommate from last year. She yeah. didn't come back this year. Yeah, so Rachel, she went through, she went on a different flight, but we left the same day, and that was really hard. And she left before us, but we all went to the airport yeah, at the same awful. time. It was nice having you there, but I think that it just caught me off guard. It was like, oh my gosh, this is over. And I still had some, I had made a really close friend in Malawi who is an American, but she was staying for another week. And just seeing Rachel go and seeing this friend, like knowing that this friend was still going to be in the country for another week and I didn't get to spend that time like saying goodbye was really difficult for me because I just, I felt like we had rushed it. I immediately regretted not staying another week to just think about things. Mm -hmm. We left on the last day of work possible. Yeah. We left the Friday of I a working week. Leave. I was in a wedding. Yeah, you were in a wedding. Um, but person, like... But it was I wasn't in a wedding. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I just, I really wished that I had decided to stay, but I didn't. There was no part of me that thought that that would be an issue until it happened. Yeah. So when it did become an issue, it was really hard. And 
I think I was just caught off guard very quickly. Um, and I didn't know, as soon as we landed at LAX, I was like, I don't know where I'm supposed to be right now. Mm-hmm. It didn't feel like I should, I didn't so feel like I had not home. No, I didn't feel like I had a strong pull anywhere. Not my parents' house, not any particular friend's house, not your house. It was like, I don't know where to go. And I, I don't know where to go here, but I do know that I feel like I should be in Malawi still. Yeah, and we had a house. Yeah. If, if nothing else, is like, I know I have a house in Malawi to live in. Yeah. So that was difficult, was, I guess, feeling like, feeling that instant regret of leaving as soon as possible when I should have taken time to debrief myself. And it was hard, too, because uh, the people who are supposed to debrief us didn't got sick and they had to leave randomly so soon and we didn't they were supposed to take us to the airport and they didn't get to take us to the airport and that was like completely random like Mm -hmm. god what are you doing what's happening nothing is happening the way it should be it should be so you know leaving in the middle of what felt like trauma was hard and something that I compare last year a lot to in my mind and I've told you guys about it before not you guys as in podcast listeners because you're a new audience but you guys as in my housemates in Malawi you and Kayla and Rachel um (laughs) what did you tell us let me tell you what I told you um it feels like as teachers last year we were in boot camp for the army and we were at war together and we bonded at being at war together. I mean, truly, it felt like that some days mm-hmm. where we were fighting a battle, a real battle. And then the war finished and we went our separate ways without talking about it. Yeah. And I needed my fellow soldiers to help me. And I didn't have that. It was like I went back home and felt these expectations of reintegrate. You are reintegrated now already. You know? Yeah. Like, as if... Yeah, like, people were just like, oh, you're back. Yeah. carry on as normal. Yeah. So that was difficult, was feeling like I was a wounded soldier who didn't have any rehab. Yeah. You know? For somebody who's watched Band of Brothers and The Pacific and Saving Private Ryan and all these these war things, (sighs) that is what it felt like to me, was when those soldiers went back home. Every time I watched those shows, I was like, I know exactly why you're hurting. It's because you're not with your war buddies. Mm-hmm. And that's what happened to me. That's what it felt like. So we, your roommates, were your home. Yeah. And we were all split up. Yeah, for sure. I mean, there were even points when you and I weren't in the same place. Yeah. I think that that's what I mean. the first three days we were together, and then after that it was random. So that was hard, too. Of like, And even when we were together, it was like our attention is elsewhere. Yeah. And we didn't even, we barely spent any time really being smart about, like, reflecting. Yeah. And I think that I, I had a really good schedule when we were teaching that second semester. I just upped, like, my routine in the morning by waking up early and reading my Bible and journaling and praying. And so all of a sudden to not have that... Yeah, that was detrimental. Was <laughs> It's yeah. like, oh, I was praying every morning for like a half an hour and now I'm not doing that. I don't know why I'm feeling bad. Yeah, seriously. I was like, before we left, I had like quiet time in the morning, quiet time after school. Yeah. 
Bible in the morning. Plus, there was group prayers. When we're here in Malawi, it's not like people are like, oh my gosh, how are you? You know, in that kind of way, like where you have to just fill in a person on a year's worth of information. So that too was like this draining, draining and like this, if, because we also had to catch up on their whole year. Yeah, so that and doing that, you know, sometimes twice a day for five weeks was mm-hmm. not easy. Or more. And answering, how's Africa? But I think that's that's <laughs> getting away from the question. Oh, yeah, sorry. Both questions of home, home, and what was what's our topic today? Why we're leaving? Why we're leaving? We're we're leaving because we want to go back to that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh man. <laughs> um, that's that's definitely a transition woe that we got. Completely. Yeah, that was just a you know short term visiting home. Yeah, struggles which we will face again. But it also, I mean, it does have to do with home. It didn't feel like home because I had to catch up. Yeah, in a short amount of time. Yeah. All right. To wrap it up, Sammy has some closing words. No, I don't have closing words. I just have. (laughs) Okay. Okay, so I guess why I'm leaving is that I've learned a lot of lessons and I've learned that I could stay if I really want to and I could probably keep learning, but I don't want to. And <laughs> Okay, I'm not done. Oh, sorry. And while God does call us to certain places, lots of times I think he also doesn't call us in the way that you know we're thinking. Is that... I like that. You think... I'm not trying to say God doesn't call us. I'm not trying to say God doesn't talk to us. I'm just trying to say sometimes maybe God's just like, yeah, you can go. Yeah, that's kind of a calling. Okay, so I guess he is calling us. Anyways, I think God loves us and he wants us to be happy overall. I think that's something that I've really been um, stewing in as I'm thinking about the future because I just, I had this like almost reinvigorating moment when we were in Mombasa, where God wants me to be happy and God loves the things that I create and God loves these things that I love. So if God loves the things that I love, how can I fail? If God's on my side, how can I fail? And that's kind of, I guess, why I think it's okay to leave because God loves me and he... He might get mad that I left, but... Why would he be mad? Okay, because sometimes he gets mad at the people in the Bible, and that's what I'm... (laughs) I happen to be reading the Bible, and he gets mad sometimes when people aren't supposed to leave. Um, But God's full of blessings for us, and he loves us a lot, so how can I fail in my next venture? Because God loves me. Yes, and he loves you, too. And he loves me, too. (laughs) That's what it sounds. And he does love you, Beth, yes. Thank you. All right. Well, thank you for listening. See you next week. Yeah, except it'll be not next week, but the other week. Okay. Every other Sunday. Oh, that's right. I forgot after all of that. Yeah. Every other Sunday. Cool. We should have a sign off. I think. We will see you. Oh, I forgot about our song. We, we will see you. We need a new team. In two Sundays. In two Sundays. 
you will listen to us. You will listen to us on your AirPods device. Oh, boy. Or your friends' AirPods. We'll work on it.